Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Born Yesterday, a new podcast experiment featuring myself, Alexander Bennett, and Andy Barr. Hello, I am here. Me and Andy have been cloning ourselves. You bet your fucking ass we have. And we've been inviting comedians to explain things to those clones. You see, the clones have been alive for a very short period of time, less than 24 hours. Uh, and in that 24 hours, they, they've got use of the English language, but not a full understanding of the English language. Yeah. And in that 24 hours, they've come to learn about three things that the guests have to use to explain all other things to them. It's a sort of epistemological game. Yes, and a way of annoying comedians. Yeah. Um, Who we uh, hate. <laughs> but we love the two comedians. Oh, yes. In this episode of The Experiment. For sure. And uh, their names are Jos Norris and Shan Doxy. They really are. Yes. That cannot be denied. Nobody can take that away from them. Two brilliant comedians. Yeah. And uh, they have to explain things to both of our clones uh, using the following things that the clones understand. The clones understand what a grave is. They understand what a Subway sandwich artist is. And they understand who Gordon Brown is. Yes. Um, Andy. Yes. Uh, how do you want to be disposed of when you die do you want a grave or do you want to be cremated or um i used to yeah i used to want a grave because i i used to quite like um i think i was quite a pre- pretentious uh a, a child and teen and i used to think that um well i'm not a child or teen anymore i might Fair. still be pretentious but i'm uh, no longer a child or teen i'm in my 30s <laughs> um but i uh I like the idea of being buried and mm. then having a tree planted above me and then going on to nourish something. I thought that was quite nice. I think that's quite, that's quite sweet. I don't think that's pretentious. I think that's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's lame as hell. It's, what's that, you know, um, the sign of a good society is those who plant trees that in the shade of which they will never sit in. You know, that's, mm. that's nice. Yeah, I wouldn't be planting it there. I'd be dead. You'd be... You'd be I'd be... You know, in, the via, tree would... via a mechanism entirely divorced of my own will, uh, of fueling the tree to grow. Yeah, but um, it's not totally divorced of your own will if you've asked for the tree to be there. That's yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm 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 coming around to the idea of it's been burnt. <laughs> what do you want? Um, uh, I want a tomb. Yeah, yeah. I'm big into the idea okay. of being in, interred in a tomb. Yeah. Um, ideally sat up 
Yep. I want to. I want to be um, uh, interred, sat up. So what um, sort of um, burial? Uh, what what sort of tomb do you want? Do you want a burial mound? Do you want a? I'm not. Um, obviously, you know these things are expensive. I live, yes. I live in London. There's limited space. Very. All I really want is for a sort of gang of teenagers to be convinced through rumour that there's treasure in my tomb. Okay. And uh, break into it at a later date in a sort of uh, 80s movie-style adventure. Okay, so ultimately you wanted to be you want to be spray-painted upon and yeah. fucked near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an ambition, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I want to be interred and then desecrated. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, great, wonderful, wonderful ambition. Uh, I fully support that. Um, what, what, how great a level of familiarity do you have with uh, Subway and Subway sandwich artists? Um, when I was at Sixth Form College, um, we used to get a thing called uh, EMA, Educational Maintenance Allowance. Yep, I remember it. Um, and. Uh, it was a really good idea. It was um, to encourage younger people to, you know, stay in education and not bunk off. And, uh, you know, was ostensibly meant to be used for buying books and, you know, all that sort of yeah. jazz. We spent it all on takeaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And chiefly Subway sandwiches because at the time they were doing a breakfast sub. So you good could get a, a full English breakfast in a sandwich. Oh, I ha- bet those were high quality ingredients. And we'd have those about four days out of five. Jesus. It's amazing any of our bowels are still working. Well, I was going to say, was that preschool? So that was that was in the morning? Uh, I think we'd normally go there sort of after. Very often we had a gap in our morning lessons. Right. So there would be time after your first lesson. So whoever was teaching or was present in as students the lesson after you had yeah. all gone in for those mm. would be in for a, a real treat a real treat because i remember my, my me and my friend chris um chris used to get the email as well and we yeah. would we would go to before miss clough's politics lesson um in our a-level years yeah um we'd go to morrison's hmm. uh which was just around down the road from from school and we'd get um a six pack of cans of Coke right. each, and uh, and the um, Walker's Sensations Poppadoms, the Peking uh, Five Spice or Spare Rib flavour. Okay. Uh, not Poppadoms, the Spare Rib uh, cr- Crackers, Crackers. Okay. That was it. And then we'd sit at the front of Miss Clough's lesson. We'd plough through that shit, <laughs> and it would stink. It was horrible. And yeah. she... She, to her credit, two lessons, two periods, double period, mm. sat there. Didn't chew us out once about it. About? How much it, we were completely stinking and not paying any attention Permeating to. the room with your funk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's quite a lot. Yeah. I am... Um, I, would, I would add to uh, the issues that we had in our sixth form um, is that uh, our sixth form was both directly next to and partially directly above uh, Weatherspoons. Good Lord. So that when we turned 18, still at sixth form, mm-hmm. um, we went to most afternoon lessons a oh, couple God. of pints in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's, yeah, luckily ours was 
a far enough walk away from any pubs. Yeah, we um, we used to have a, a game that we used to play, which was um, how quick from lunch being called could you be to sat down with a pint in the Weatherspoons? I think the record was under two minutes. Jesus, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. God, I wish I'd had that sort of competition going on. My um. My probably, I mean, coming back to Subway, my my saddest achievement of that sort of period of my life was um, being able to walk into the Subway in Folkestone and they go the usual. And say, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, that that is one of the sadder. Yeah. What's the saddest place to walk into and say, "Can I have the usual, please"? Well, I mean, Spoons is a Spoons is up there. Yeah. Um, Funeral directors. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, because because that, dependent on who is the recipient of the usual, yeah, whether it's you mm. or family members, if it's you, then that suggests that you have developed the ability to come back from death. <laughs> In which case, fair enough. But if if you've got, I mean, either way, questions are being asked. If yeah. you've got if you've got family members who are dying with that sort of level of regularity, then either you are responsible. Or um, that's bad luck. Have Have you ever had a pub where they know your order? When you, um, well, yes, yeah, the the one near here now, and that you can walk in and they go. They used to. There's a pub called the Lyric in Central London, mm. and uh, the staff that used to work there. Fancy by. Um, if you went to the Lyric, you wouldn't be saying that. Um, but uh, the staff that used to be there, George and Alicia. Um, I could walk past the window outside and nod to George through the window. That'd be pouring. Uh, and uh, he'd appear with a... Uh, Pint of drip tray. Yeah. 10 <laughs> yeah, please, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> I'd, I'd chug that and then go back to the gutter and sleep. Our guests, Shannon and Jaws, threw themselves into this. Um, I, I want listeners to, uh, particularly in this episode, because... During the experiment, our guests are focusing so intently that they're not fully aware of the absolute crap that they're talking because hmm. they're in the middle of explaining something. So in this episode in particular, I just want you to listen very, very carefully to the absolute crap they're saying and really look out for the moment where Jos has an actual breakdown. Yeah. Because there's, there's, a, there's a moment in this where he, he actually loses his grip on reality yeah, real, for a second. Real, a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um. Uh, but they, uh, they're both excellent comedians. Um, you can follow Jaws uh, at, at Jaws Norris on Twitter and Instagram. And Jaws is at this summer's Edinburgh Fringe doing a show called Blink. You bet your cock he is. At the Pleasant Dome at 20 past eight. Um, so go and see that if you're at the, at the Edinburgh Fringe this summer. And uh, he is doing a Radio 4 sitcom called The Dream Factory, which is going to be out on BBC Radio 4 in October. So do listen to that. And they can you can find more information about Jaws on his website, jawsnorris.co.uk. Just Google him, you lazy fucks. Yes. Uh, and vis-a-vis our other guest, Shan Doxy, you can uh, join her newsletter. You, there are links, there's, a, there's a link to subscribe to it on her website, shandoxy.com. That is S-I-A-N-D-O-C-K-S-E-Y dot com. 
and uh, you, that's the best way to get hold of her live dates and regular updates on how she is making pole dancing comedy, which is the, the thing that she's trying to get going at the moment, which is something that I fully support as an endeavour because it seems like it's a real pain in the ass to get going, and I'd really like to see how that works. Genuinely physically impre- impressive. Yeah. Uh, and you can uh, follow uh, at Shandoxy on uh, Twitter and Instagram. She's also a regular host of ACMS in London. Which you should go to because it if is a fabulous If you're in game. London. Yes. Or uh, if you're not, get a ticket. Come down. Shall we get on with the experiment? Yeah. Let's do that then. Jos Norris and Shandoxy, thank you very much indeed for agreeing to explain a few things to us today. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having us. No, thank you so much. No, thank, thank you. you. Thanks. No, thank you. Um, you're welcome. Do you know about that? Hold our horses there, yeah, okay. whatever they are. We really do <laughs> have a lot to get through. Okay. Um, just so you know, uh, in the brief time uh, that myself and Andy have been around, um, we have come to learn a bit about the following things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what a grave is. Okay. We know what a Subway sandwich artist is. Right. And we are familiar with Gordon Brown. Right. Okay. Um, Jos. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, there's uh, there's lots of people that we'd like to know more about. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you've learned about uh, one or possibly two, depending on whether you count a subway sandwich artist as one person or. I don't know if they're people. Ah, okay. Well, don't worry. Sorry, I'm I'm throwing too much at you. Could you explain to me? In three minutes, who Mr. Bean is. Mr. Bean. Your time starts now. Okay. Um, you, you've, you, you're familiar with Gordon Brown? Mm-hmm. Yes. What I'd love both of you to do is to preserve a mental picture of Gordon Brown as closely as possible, but to remove his ah, head. Um, so that you, on top of Gordon Brown, mm-hmm. yes, you, you see how um, all of us around this table have a section of ourselves up at the the top, um, w- which my words are coming out of, and which I'm sort of swiveling to 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 kind of um, yes, you are swiveling. It's it, this this part of me is is swiveling in order to take in the the different people sat at this table. Yes. Um, that is a head. This is my head. And Gordon Brown's got one of those. Gordon Brown also has a head. Well, if you picture him mentally now, you'll see that he also has a separate part. You'll be able to see him in um, a sort of a, a, a dark uh, costume. Costume is... Um, ah. So you see that uh, these parts of myself on either side... Jos is clasping at his body. Uh, these sort of bits on to the left and the right that I can sort of waggle What are about. the left and the right? Ah, um, the left... Now, this is going to get complicated. Um, what is complicated? <laughs> okay. Um, the, the left and right are directions. This, this is your left. Jaws is waving on one half of himself. How? And this is your right. How does it pertain to me? Because These from where you indicating. are sitting, okay. this is nearer to that bit of the room 
which is the left bit of the room from where you are sitting. And this, my left arm, but we don't have time to get into that, is nearer to your right. Now, these parts are made from the same stuff as Jaws my is clasping at his body again. Head. They are made of skin and flesh, but on top are um, separate things that I put on. You have something on top of your flesh to cover parts of my flesh. These are clothes. Clothes. We might also call it a costume or an outfit. Gordon Brown's most uh, most frequently used costume or outfit is a sort of a dark. We would call it a suit. Okay. Uh, his his top half and bottom half are the same colour, you realise, and the same material. That is uh, what we call a suit. And beneath that, he wears a white shirt. It's just another type of clothes. Just we would a call different it a shirt. Type of costume. And a red strip of clothes, a thin strip uh, around his neck. We call that a tie. Mr. Bean is almost identical to Gordon Brown. In his clothing. So picture um, uh, another person. How does he differ from Gordon Brown? He differs from Gordon Brown Your in that his head is, up. is smaller. Thank you very much. Time is up. Time is up. God. Thank you, Josh. I'm so sorry. I, I, there were a couple more things I did want to tell so, you about the differences, but I didn't quite get there. Jos. Yes. What is a primarily auditory format? Um, <laughs> it's something that you uh, listen to. Um and and hear with your uh, ears these things on the side on the left and the right of my head so this has all been useful information i've been giving you but it's um yeah it's 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 something you listen to i'm aware <laughs> yeah I'm aware. <laughs> but I, I i i i gave you an impression <laughs> so yep mr bean is very similar to gordon brown he has a smaller head that's spot on. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would have loved to tell you that he is silly. That was another like major thing that I wanted to get to, and we didn't have time for me to tell you that he is silly. So, Jules, that's different. To in three about. minutes, oh, you have to- told me that Mr. Bean hmm. is someone who, like Gordon Brown, is made of flesh. Yes, and two sides of him are left and right. Yes, depending yes. on where your arms are in a particular room. And yeah. well, he, he wears a costume, Mr. Bean <laughs> wears Gordon Brown's costume. Yes, very and his similar. his head is slightly smaller than Gordon Brown's. Yeah, mm. yeah. But the rest of him is the same size? Uh, Mr. Bean is overall slightly smaller than Gordon Brown. Shan. Hi. Yeah. Could you please tell me who Jesus Christ is? Jesus Christ? You've got three minutes. Your time starts now. Okay, so... Let's talk about the Subway Sandwich artist. Mm. Um, Subway Sandwich artists bring people back from the dead or various other catatonic states. Dead as in... Yes, dead. If we could dig into what dead is. Yeah, well, so, you know grave. Grave. You know what a grave is. You know what a grave is, Yes, I believe. Grave, a house for the dead. A, a kind of a sort of little uh, a, a little sleeping space in the soil where the dead what live. Do, what do, what uh, defines the dead how are the dead marked out ah so the so you and i at the moment are looking at each other we're inhaling uh with the flesh with parts with the heads which draws very clearly explained uh, our heads which are proportional to our body unlike mr bean um yes so we are 
inhaling, we're speaking, we're moving around. The dead are like us, but without doing any of those things. How are they like us? They are like us in demeanour. They have flesh. Well, not all of them. We know what flesh is because Jaws was wildly grabbing (laughs) at it during his time. Yeah. Could you tell me, you say that we are similar to the dead. Yes. Um, How similar to the dead are we if... Mr. Bean is very similar to Gordon Brown. Yes. How similar are we to the dead? We are as similar to the dead as Mr. Bean is to Gordon Brown. So if you think of Gordon Brown, who you Mm. know is quite still as a person, whereas Mr. Bean, quite lively, that's loosely the comparison. So let's go back to the Subway Sandwich artist, though, because I think that's going to get us back to Jesus. The Subway Sandwich artist Mm -hmm. is like Gordon Brown, more like Gordon Brown than Mr. Bean, but made of flesh. And the Subway Sandwich artist, I'm getting to the... We know what a Subway Sandwich artist is. It's one of the very few things we do know. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, so, so you know that a Subway Sandwich artist is like Gordon Brown. I wouldn't say it's like Gordon Brown runs a country and a Subway sandwich artist puts sandwiches together. A Subway is very complicated. There's many logistical processes. What are logistical logistical processes? Now, a sandwich is made up of various layers and Mm. there's um, steps. There There are things you have to do in an order to put a sandwich together. That's logistics. It's... Uh, steps towards achieving a goal. Speaking of goals, Jesus, like a Subway sandwich Five, artist, is four, a person three, made of bread, gives bread to people, two, and they come back from the dead. One. <laughs> I think I nailed bread. that. <laughs> yeah. Shan, thank you so much for that explanation. Um, if you'd allow me to recap. Uh, um, so my understanding now is that Jesus Christ is like a Subway sandwich artist. And then we got into a slight digression about (laughs) what alive is. Um, Alive is using heads to look at things and inhaling, and the dead live in graves. The dead are as... (laughs) Bean is to Gordon Brown what we are to the dead. (laughs) And um, <laughs> the composition of a sandwich is very similar to running a country in that there's an order in which things need to be done. <laughs> uh, and the goals of all of those things are the smooth running of a country, the proper composition of a sandwich, and uh, bread. Inhaling is quite important. I should have spent more time on that, I think, as a as a Jesus is made of bread. <laughs> That's worth knowing. Yeah. There's so many different places in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads. How many have you been? Two. You've just been here so yeah, far. One. Right. We're, we're only aware of this one, but we're okay. aware that others exist. You know about graves. We do know instance. about graves. That's where the dead live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and subways. Does Mr. Bean, if Mr. Bean is to Gordon Brown what we are to the dead does Mr Bean have a type of grave that he lives in um he lives in a well he lives in a house similar to this house i would say that um 
Mr. Bean is not analogous to the dead in that we can expect everything that applies to the dead to apply to Mr. Bean. I think it was the relationship between the relationship between the living and the dead is can the you, same as the relationship so between. So if, if we, if we can't say that every, everything uh, that Mr. Bean and the dead, if you're saying that they're not entirely similar, uh, can you give me the three main differences between Mr. Bean and the dead? Neither Mr. Bean nor the dead exist in the real living world. So that's a similarity between Bean and the dead. Three oh, yeah. differences. <laughs> okay, the difference is Bean is alive in his fictional world in which he lives. He is alive. What is fiction, Jaws? That's a separate question. And the third difference between Mr. Bean what and was the, the dead... Second? <laughs> the second was that they are both not uh, alive. But that's a similarity. <laughs> I know. All right, so another difference is Bean... Uh, uh, has hijinks, <laughs> numerous hijinks, which okay. the dead, the we'll, dead have we'll, none, fewer, none, we'll, we'll, fewer, fewer. We'll, yeah, I can't fewer. say none. We'll, yeah, we'll park that for there. Okay. But okay. I'll try and think of a third. Okay, so Bean is alive but fictitious. <laughs> yes, and the dead are whatever, real but whatever not that is. Alive. And Bean has many hijinks. Many hijinks. Dead, almost none. Yeah, and the third, third difference, difference is the dead live in graves. Bean lives in a house. Thank you very much. Um, we might pick up on a few of those later. Okay. But um, some places we would like to learn about. Uh, Joz. Yes. In three minutes, uh, can you tell me what Butlins is? Your time starting now. So, I wish I could have told you more about the fact that Mr. Bean, different from Gordon Brown, is silly. He, I mentioned the hijinks that he gets up to, mm. unlike the dead. Uh, now, and you also remember the, the red strip of cloth around Mr. Bean and Gordon Brown's neck? Yes. That is red. I, as I said, that's a colour. Okay. Uh, colours are, are things that things look like and have. They each, <laughs> and they have, they each have associations. Okay, so what, are, red, what are some other colours? That... Blue, green. I, I, I wish I had the time. Um, uh, now, in Butlins, Butlins is a place, like okay. you say, yes. and it is a place where you would go in order to have silly fun. And what is that? Well, as I pointed out, Mr. Bean is silly. He has hijinks. Mm. Uh, that's, you know, it could be... Um, it could be. How many hijinks does he have? He has uh, one big hijink per story, which often breaks down into sort of seven or eight miniature jinx, sort of low jinx within the, hi the, the overall overarching hijink. Um, you would go to Butlins to have your own hijinks. Would you be able to um, perhaps briefly sketch out for me the sort of scale of jinx? So, so presumably there's a hijink, there, there is a, a lower you're, you're a, likely... a ba base jink, and then some space in between in which... You're likely to be indulging in, in fairly fairly low entry-level jinx at Butlins. The sort of thing you might see is you might see someone in a red, like I was saying, a red coat, a type of costume, type of or, costume. Or, or clothes. Like Mr. Bean uh, and Gordon Brown and presumably the yes. dead wear. Uh, maybe, maybe. Not my not my purview. Um, uh, the, the, now, there will be people at Butlins in red coats that will be putting on silly shows. They may leap about with their bodies or sing songs or tell funny stories or jokes. But Butlins is in a wood. This is very important. A wood is, uh, Shan mentioned trees. These are mm -hmm. big plants. Plants are living things that are not people. So they're uh, not 
Mr. Bean, Gordon Brown, or Dead? No, they are. They or are. A they are sandwich artists. They are. They're not any of these things. You are surrounded by nature. This is the world without any um, people or things made by people. Nature is you would the go, world without people. <laughs> you would go into the natural world, into this wood mm. full of trees. Uh, to visit Butlins to see a man in a red coat put on hijinks and you would then have your own hijinks around the wood perhaps going for a walk that's just being out and about on your feet and, or a and, bike and, ride and very quickly so a walk or a bike ride is a hijinks yes, yes a bike ride could be a, a low jink I would say it's not a hijink uh, and Butlins provides you with the opportunity your time is up time is up Jos thank you Jos so Jos yeah. in three minutes you have told us that Butlins is a place in the middle of the woods. Yes. Where people go to meet someone wearing a red coat. Yeah, they... Who I, enables you to ride a bike. Uh, no, I never said that the man in the red coat enables you to ride the bike. I said that he was part of the experience. He's just there. He's there. You don't go to meet him, but part of the Butlin's <laughs> He's experience. just in the woods. He's... I should have said that there were other... Things, buildings in the wood that also made up the Butlins. Well, this is this is encampment. We would say, um, would we have never been to a Butlins? I don't know what they call it. But let's, let's uh, call it an encampment. The Butlins yes, okay. encampment <laughs> is somewhere where jinx occur on a sort of <laughs> jinx and mainly. a broad range of jinx facilitated yeah. by a man in red, starting but, yeah, often, with but not rides. limited to a bike ride. He would be providing what we'd call the entertainment, but outside of that, you'd be able to do your own thing. For instance, the bike ride around the woods. This is generating more questions than answers at this stage. Really? Um, I thought I'd really smashed it. Shan, mm. would you be able to explain to me what the opticians is? Oh, yeah. Starting in- now. Definitely. Okay, so... Jaws has very conveniently explained uh, right and left as different areas around the place. At length, he has explained that. At length, yep. And we've also covered the hierarchy of jinx, so high jinx. Well, we know what a low jinx is. A low jinx is riding a bike. Yeah. Could you give us an example? Or a walk. Could you give us an example of a high jink? A high jink would be a delightful experience like jumping around, seeing a horse, (laughs) lots of uplifting things. But what would that be assisted by is being able to use your eyes, which are, uh, as we've looked at, so at the top of the bodies that we have. Your eyes are at the top of Gordon Brown or Mr. Bean. Yes, they are at the very, very top. Very, very top. Mm -hmm. Mm. Close. close Yeah, there's, there's nothing above. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's nothing above those yeah. bits. So they're, they're pointed at the ceiling. Or the sky, depending if you're in nature, where there are no people, okay. there would be nothing to look at. Looking is the way that we absorb jinx. High, low, or mid, whatever jinx, the, the, the way that we absorb uh, information about what we're seeing in front of us is through these bits of the top of the head. Now, an optician's is like the subway no it's like the grave no an optician's is like a grave yes an optician's (laughs) is like the grave in the sense that people living or dead go in there and sit very still why would why would a living person go in a grave well we don't know what happens after (laughs) that is the secondary question here we uh, you know there's a lot of things that i don't know and i don't know what happens after death and maybe 
you need some visual assistance to fully absorb what's happening afterwards. And the optician is uh, probably more like a Gordon Brown than a Mr. Bean. It would be a, a, a person who can look at the, the, the things at the top of your head and go, ooh, we can make this better. And this person... How? Well, this person will then take some glass. Now, glass is like invisible hard. That's what it is. It's just hard invisibility. <laughs> and if you put it in front of the top of your head, then everything becomes wonderful. That's the high jinx. And so the optician gets the hard nothing and puts them at the top. And then you can jinx to your heart's content. Is there anything else you'd care to add in your <laughs> remaining 16 seconds? Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, a letter is when we when we talk about book we've got this uh block earlier on you things. mentioned uh, an example of hijinks yes. uh, being looking at a horse yes um in three seconds what's a horse uh moo uh your time is up <laughs> <laughs> so. pretty good i thought yeah thanks <laughs> andy could you uh, could you sum up what's been said Just making a note of that final uh <laughs> A bit of information there. So, um, as I perceive it, an opticians relates to right and left, high and low jinx. Um, we've established and, and mid, mid and mid and mid jinx. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I won't get into it now, but presumably, mid, mid is mid jinx the sort of starting position for. I don't know. Anyway, so hijinks, examples thereof are riding a horse or jumping around. Seeing a horse, I think. Seeing a horse, sorry, seeing a horse. Um, Looking. Looking is an act which facilitates the absorption of jinx. (laughs) I think it's worth clarifying that it's not the only one for any visually impaired listeners. Yeah. Looking is not the only way okay, to absorb yeah. a jinx. Aids aids the absorption yes. of jinx yeah. uh, via via one medium. There are possible other e- media through which one could jinx. experience yeah. jinx. That's what we're doing. Could be described as an auditory jinx. Yeah, uh, to say that visually it is the only jinx would be cruel on yeah. a podcast. Yeah, um, and an optician's is like a grave in that either the alive or the dead go in there <laughs> and get hard invisibility. Yep, the hard invisibility is placed on the top of them. Which glass, in the form aids of glass. In, well, I was, was, was if, specified. If this, is, is, was that specified? Yes. yes. Sorry, I got that's rather the name lost. That's the name of the hard invisibility. The hard invisibility is called glass, and that's placed on the top of the head, and then you can consume letters, and a horse says moo. One um, aspect of experience uh, that myself and Andy find particularly intriguing uh, is the world of art and the ah. world of creativity. Mm. Ooh. Uh, Joss. Yeah. In three minutes, can you explain to me what Wallace and Gromit is? Your time starting now. So, Mr. Bean, get Mr. Bean in your head. Yep. Imagine that he removes that uh, that jacket that he had. Uh, he removes in, his costume. He had in common, not his entire costume, just the jacket. You remember underneath his jacket was a white shirt and a red tie? Yes. We talked about this in common with Gordon Brown. Mm-hmm. So he removes it. Beneath is a green, a green uh, pullover, we would call it. 
uh, a type of costume. Another type of costume. Um, so the, there's now a man, brown trousers on the lower half, green pullover, white shirt, red tie. Now Mr. Bean pulls out all his hair uh, <laughs> so that what you're left with is a, is a round, clean um, head. What's, what's clean? Clean is In this nothing, context and any other. Nothing on it at all. That's what clean means. Okay. There's nothing. So it's just itself. So it's been in a different costume, but he's pulled out all his hair. And he is clean. That's, that's part one. Part two, he has a dog. What's uh, a dog? So we talked earlier about trees and plants. And I said that plants were alive, but were not people. There's a third kind of thing called animals. These things are like a cross between plants and people because they are not man-made. They are part of the natural world, mm. like trees and plants, but they can move around, think, Left and right. Act. They can move left and right. They can think and act like people. They have bodies like people, but you'll know an animal when you see it because it looks nothing like a person. Could an animal engage in or provide... High jinx, low jinx, or mid jinx. Definitely, I think a lot of jinx can be can be founded on animals. We've already said that seeing a horse is a high jinx. A horse is a type of animal. Oh, so a horse is a cross between a, a person and a plant. A person, that yes, can pretend to be like a person. Yes, that's why it's so exciting to see them. Uh, right. A dog is smaller than a horse uh, and more companionable. How, how big is a horse? A horse is about. This big. Jaws is gesturing with his body again. Slightly higher than than me sat down. Okay, Jaws. A sat... dog is about this size, the height of the sofa. Jaws is again gesturing with his hand. Uh, now, Auditory Gromit. Medium. Gromit is the dog's name. Wallace is the bald, clean man's name. Clean Bean is Wallace. <laughs> yes, Wallace, just like Mr. Bean, is silly. This is why I asked you to start with Mr. Bean, because he does Provides silly things. Hijinks. Gromit um. is not silly. He, like Gordon Brown, is sensible. He sees Wallace's <laughs> silliness and always has to uh, resolve it or, or, or amend for it. Thank, Thank you, Joss. Thank you, Joss. So, Joss, in, um, in three minutes... Uh, you we did animals. That's pre- that's a pretty big one. Actually. Well, that's very, it's very very useful yeah. information. Yeah. Um, not only did we learn uh, that animals are some sort of cross between a person and a plant that can <laughs> pretend to be like a plant and have hijinks, um, we also learned that Wallace and Gromit is um, when Mr. Bean uh, tears all of his hair out and there is a dog clean. there. He becomes clean. He becomes clean Bean, and there is a dog there. And Clean Bean and the dog have the same dynamic as Mr. Bean and Gordon Brown. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be good for you to not... I, I put a causal link in there to help you reach it, but I think it would be wrong to think... What like, is... Wallace wasn't, Wallace wasn't created by Mr. Bean pulling his causal hair causal link. So they actually exist independently. Mr. Bean didn't pull his hair out to become Wallace, but it's a helpful way... For you to understand how they're related, and you're saying that, but, that's but I helpful. want I want you to hold them both in your heads with the idea that both can exist simultaneously because they do. So when Bean tears out his hair, he duplicates. Yes. Okay, that's worth. He, clo- he clones himself effectively. Like we're clones. Yeah, yeah. That's good to know. Um, Thank you, Charles. You should watch it. It's really good. Shan. Ole. Thank you. 
That's nice. So much for all that you're doing for us so far. I just have a few more things that I require information regarding. The first of those is Tracy Emin's My Bed, <laughs> a.k.a. The Unmade Bed. Mm. If you could explain that to me in three minutes, commencing now. Great. So we talked about clean. Clean is nothing on it, as Jaws explained. Mm. Um, and the opposite of clean, which is pulling out hair to create more things, duplicating. So Tracy Emin's bed, a lot of hair pulling out happening here. It is a lot of things on what is like a grave, but for not dead people. It could be Gordon Brown. It could be in Botlins. It could be any number of the things that we've talked about before. So Tracy Emin is Tracy Emin's bed is a grave that someone's pulled their hair out in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Multiple times to uh, duplicate lots of lots of objects. Um, objects on that bed include. So the hair once pulled out becomes other objects. Well, you know, we were talking about costume. A lot of costume, so on top of the flesh, is actually other hair of other things. Uh, you have mm. costume made out of, for example, string. String is like hair, but uh, but sort of all put together in the shape of a Gordon Brown, so it fits around a person. Tracy Emin's bed is covered in those. You remember we talked about the uh, process of running a country like a sandwich. Think of the sandwich. Logistics. Yes, logistics. Um, uh, a an order of things to make, for example, a country run smoothly or a sandwich come together. Tracy Emin is the subway sandwich artist slash Gordon Brown, but of a grave type place full of string. <laughs> hijinks as well. Uh, hijinks of silliness and fun don't happen on the bed. As far as I'm aware, no hijinks. No. So, th- so, and they, are th- and so that is whatever takes place on the bed is entirely independent of the scale of hijinks from low to hijinks. There are no jinks of any kind. No, there's no. What 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 is an activity or occurrence that occupies a scale separate from the jinx scale? What what does that exist on? Ah, uh, that's a very very good question. Um, it's like doing your emails. Yep. That's pretty non-jink. Yeah, email related, is it? like book, but faster. And Sorry, quick book. Quick book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick like a horse um, or a number of the animals that mm. we've talked about. Yeah. The unmade bed, mm. what's it for? Um, the unmade bed is a commentary on sexuality and women's oppression and slut-shaming. Can you now, sum up all of that in 15 seconds? Yes. So um, when Mr. Bean... When Mr. Bean hijinks around, no one complains. When Tracy Emin pulls out her hair on a bed, big problems. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Andy. Yeah? Can you sum up what's been said there, please? Certainly. So um, Tracy Emin, Tracy Emin's My Bed, a.k.a. The Unmade Bed, um, was something that is like a grave, but somebody has pulled all of their hair out on it, uh, which has made it the opposite of clean. Now, hair is something that is... Can can be used or is 
a costume and construct string which can be worn um, and uh, there's a, a separate conversation going on at the same time about um, email. Email is, is a scale Sorry, that exists no, opposite to it, jinx. So jinx occur on the jinx scale, low to high jinx, and then email is a separate measure like of, of entirely... It's something you could do with your time that would, that would not factor into the scale of jinx whatsoever. I mean, my question was, what scale does that exist on? Yeah, is, is it a parallel scale or an axis? Yeah. You're right, yeah. that wasn't clear. But we'd also, we were going to get into a left and right tangent. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, we've gone over that in great detail, so there's no need to do that again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you both. You're welcome. There are many things that occurred uh, before myself and Andy, and uh, we'd like to learn more about what happened before myself yeah, and Andy. Yeah, of course. Um, Charles. Yeah. In three minutes, can you tell me what the Salem witch trials were? Time starts now. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, we were talking about jinx, high, high jinx, low, high, low jinx. And, um, and we were talking about a separate plane of experiences into which I threw email. Uh, an example of something you could do that was completely different to um, the, the, the scale of more fun stuff that we would put on the jinx scale. Now, um, it could be possible that two different people would pursue such different paths in life, some people so dedicated to um, more ordinary, everyday experiences like email, uh, and other people fully dedicated to more exciting, unusual, outlandish behaviour like hijinks or lowjinks. Seeing that, a horse. Yes, seeing a horse, going on a bike ride, seeing a man in a red coat at Butlins. People might get so fixated on living that sort of lifestyle that the people... On the other side, I'm gesturing with my right here as opposed to my left. Yes. The people on the other side... You're uh, right, but my left. It, yes, but we didn't have time to go into that, and we still don't now. Uh, that's mirrors. It's a whole other thing. But these people who are very fixated on the idea of um, more everyday experience might start to, um, to, to not be okay with what these people are doing over here. Now, the Salem Witch Trials was something that happened a, a long time ago in the past in a place called Salem... Uh, far away from here, where some women, uh, Shan was talking about women in relation to uh, the relationship between Mr. Bean and Tracy Emin. Mr. Bean can be silly and nobody minds. Tracy Emin is silly and, and people don't like it. There were women in Salem who... Being silly. Being silly, <laughs> effectively, yes. Uh, doing, pursuing, <laughs> pursuing experience. Like Mr. Bean. Uh, I don't know exactly what they did. Some the people fixated on doing their emails would say that what they were doing was very bad, wrong, evil. Um, oh. But these women w were doing it because they, um, it, they the, because they were living the the, the hijink life. Uh, they were Same trying horse. to do magic. Magic is a thing that uh, people who do their emails would say is not possible to do in the real natural so world. So on the scale of, if we're operating in the jinx scale here, and somewhere on the jinx scale, mid to high mid, yeah. is going for a bike ride, where <laughs> does magic sit? Magic is probably the highest jink of all. It's, um, wow. it's, it's the, the, the emailers would say it can't be done. And these women, witches, they were called, okay. said, it can be done and we're doing it. We're going to do it. 
And we're going to do the biggest we're gonna do, of hall. Yeah, they, they were doing this magic. And sometimes that magic would involve things like um, summoning a demon or, oh, or making a goat. And suckle. the trials were... The trials were... The people who did their emails hated it so much that they killed the women. They Thank made them dead so and put them much. in graves. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joss. So it's okay. In, in three minutes, you've told me that the Salem witch trials were a situation in which... Mm. A lot of women were being very silly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, some yeah. other people doing their emails. Didn't it wouldn't like have been emails being... at the time, but if but effectively. I'm yes. just telling you what yep. you've told yeah, me. Yep, I know. I'm just people doing their emails yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have liked the women being silly. No. Because they thought because magic was evil. They brought a demon into the situation. Or they tried whatever to. that is. And they killed them and put them in graves. Yes, basically, yes. There was a lot of other stuff involved, but okay, thank you. Jen. That's that's the nub of the situation. Yeah, I think I... that covered a lot of yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Absolutely. so. Yeah. What's a nub? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> What's um, a nub? Sort of okay. If we're on kind of mid jinx versus emails, yeah. uh, the nub would be the exact point between all of those things. Right, you know? it's just the center. Yeah, a center. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm learning from this. Mm. That's good. You use it all the time, don't you? Yeah. Then you're like, what is nub? Truly, I know not. Is it to do with pencils? That's nib. That's nib, yeah. But close. Shan. Please. Could you explain to me uh, what the fall of the Berlin Wall was? In three minutes, starting now. Okay, so... We've talked a lot about people doing their emails and these people uh, being very anti-jinx, low, high, or mid. Um, email people like to create boundaries between uh, all sorts of people. They don't like the Gordon Browns and the Mr. Beans and the Subway Sandwich Artists and the Subway Sandwich Artists to coexist. What they'll do is they'll put a big strip of um of any any material we've looked at animals plants humans another category is minerals which is like the big invisible but visible you know when we were talking about glass as the so it's hard invisible but you can see it it's hard invisible but it's very clear maybe yeah. another example of a visible hard Sure. So a horse, uh, although a horse is... Mm. That's a mix between a person and a plant that can pretend to be a person. Yeah. And it isn't dead. And hard is not fair. Um, a horse has lots of textures over itself, mm. but um, the Would wall is not Would you be able to horse. explain what one of those textures was? Sure. So if we think about the Subway Sandwich artist, mm. yeah, um, part of what makes them a unique entity is being able to distinguish between... Uh, bread, which is a kind of soft, gooey substance. Oh no, that's ketchup. <laughs> okay, you've got what confused a, there between bread, bread and, and ketchup. What a, so bread, bread is bread well, is a key constituent part of the Subway sandwich artists' trade. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, which we have some understanding mm. of. Oh, okay. So, well, you understand that the Subway sandwich artist um, layers bread with logistics. Other, yeah, like logistics. Bread. Yeah, exactly. Logistics like Gordon Brown. Or putting a big strip of uh, mineral, so hard visible. Hard. Hard visible. Hard invisible, but you can see it. Hard invisible, but you can see it. Well, and also sometimes it's the invisible attributes of it that are the most important to what do, people. What does, hard, what does visible, hard, invisible look like? Visible, hard, invisible would look 
like if you took the bottom half of Gordon Brown, where you've got those two kind of columns, and you put a lot of those together, and you would create a kind of block. Um, now, what we have with the Berlin Wall is a lot of those in a big line, and then someone came along and pushed it over, uh, and then all the Mr. Beans and all the Gordon Browns and all the people on left or right or any scale of jinx could go, oh, we can walk all over the columns. So yeah, on either side of this set of columns, mm. they were sort of dividing some beans and some browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they mixed after it had been pushed over. Yeah. Um, That's the end of your time, Sean. Thank, thank you very you. much. Um, Andy, would you like to sum up what's been said there? Yep, sure. So the Berlin Wall, the fall thereof, um, was related to uh, this division that was drawn via a number of, a huge number, I, I assume, of Mr. Gordon Brown's legs, which had been compacted into columns and stretched between two places. And on one side, and this, and this was enacted by a group of anti-jink emailers. <laughs> who constructed this boundary and um, and then when it was pushed over, Mr. Bean and Gordon Brown, all of them could come together. There's a really yeah. good film about it called Goodbye Lenin. Um, mm. Now a film is... We don't have time for everything <laughs> to be explained, mm. uh, but we appreciate that. Um, I have to say, Andy, I don't know about you, but um, uh, I'm beginning to dislike people who do their emails because of their separating of beans and browns and killing silly women. It does. They do sound like a bad bunch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, many things in the world that we're trying to learn about. Um, so we're going to throw a few more things. Yeah. Things. Um, <laughs> Joss. Yeah. In Hi. three minutes, can you explain to me what a platypus is? Now I'm going to. Before we start, Joss. Yeah. I just want to begin by telling you that I understand the concept of left and right. Okay. You do? Oh, great. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and nice. Left. Did you know that from the beginning? Um, or have I no, I feel we've come to grips with it over the course of this experiment. <laughs> oh, a success. Yeah. Great. Right. But well, if you learn one thing a day... I just then... don't want you to get bogged down in that. I don't think I will. <laughs> okay. I don't think I have been. <laughs> You've got three minutes starting now. So I've told you about animals... Mm. You remember that an animal is a combination is, of a plant and a person. Yes, it's it's a it's a it's a type of uh, being that the nature of its type being. Of being. Sits, so a plant being. is a type of being. Yeah, it's a mineral. Yeah, a, plant a mineral is a type of being. A mineral is a type of being. Is that a being without a hair human? Is a being a human being? And an animal is another kind. Wait, what? Is that a being without hair? Being not all beings have hair. Humans have hair. You said animals, and animals are a type of being. Being. Oh. Being. Sorry. So Mr. Bean. Bean. But a, but a being. An animal is a kind of being. But so is a human. Mr. Bean is a being. A, now, an animal is a being that is a part of the natural world, like trees and plants. Where you might find but butlins. Can, but where you might find butlins. But you can, it can behave in human ways. A platypus is a type of animal it lives in bodies of water water is uh 
kind of mineral which has been um, squashed into nothing and it covers the whole world. <laughs> it's <laughs> If you were to walk, if you were to take a walk out there, you would only need to walk for so long before you came to a huge pile of water. And this <laughs> would... This, a pile this, of nothing that covers the whole world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's not nothing, it's wet. Oh. Now, wet is... So, Sham was so talking about textures. Sham right, was talking about so textures. Let me wet get this straight. So there's there another axis that we have to consider here is, yeah. is the scale which runs from wet yes. to nothing. No, from nothing to hard through wet. <laughs> <laughs> wet is... Okay, so we get, <laughs> we get to hard through wet. Yeah, wet, you have hard. So you have these textures. You have hard, which is like glass or the, or the, the burning hard, wall. Hard, invisible. Yes. And then Corn you legs. come down through soft, like flesh or horse That you were hair. grabbing at your own flesh yes. earlier. And then you come down a bit further. You come to wet, <laughs> which, is, which is ketchup and water. Like a Subway sandwich. Yes, and then you come down a little further and you arrive at nothing. Nothing, so that's, which is the absence that's, that's, of wet, that's hard that's That's a clean... Or texture. That's clean. Okay. That's the universe clean. And if I went away from here, I would find a lot of <laughs> clean nothing. Clean is when Mr. <laughs> when Bean, Bean pulls all his, his hair. hair. He, he arrives at a clean state, like the state of the world, if you were to remove all matter. And a platypus is... A platypus lives... <laughs> a platypus is... Three, a platypus is the kind of animal that lives in water. It's got thank, a, thank you, Joss. So, Joss, at the end of that... You have explained to me. <laughs> I, I explained a lot, actually. And we really appreciate your time yeah. and we appreciate the effort. You have explained to me <laughs> that a platypus is a type of animal. Yes. And an animal is something that exists on the scale of things that goes from nothing yes. through textures yes. to wet right through to hard. Yes. Thank you. Pleasure. They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta Google those guys. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Andy, could you take the lead on the next one, please? Absolutely. Um, Shan, thank you so much. Would you be able to explain to me what a Prince Albert is? Yes. In three minutes, starting now. I'm going to raw dog this and use nothing that we've talked about before. So, a penis. A penis is uh, like Gordon Brown's legs, um, but without any of the string on top. Ideally, but not exclusively. I haven't seen all of them. So, um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a part of a body. So, what we've been talking about... Oh, no, I said I'm not going to use any previous references. It is just a column that exists in time and space. And um, sometimes... Like the columns that were dividing the browns and the beans. Yeah. But some of the browns and the beans have their own columns as well. And oh. what they do with those is none of my business. And not relevant to... Well, no, maybe they... Mm. Um, so, with these columns that are like legs, but not quite on the legs, but sort of around there, what you can do with one of these columns is you can decorate it 
decorating is uh, to make something that exists in the world more high jinx by adding things to it. Can be any things. Is it a bit like wearing a costume? It is a lot like wearing a costume, but generally more shiny. Because a costume will be made of string, but a decoration like jewellery... Prince Albert's not made of string. A p- well, it's made of matter, and underpinning matter, there is string in the form of... So where would a Prince Albert fall on the scale from nothing... <laughs> to hard? Well... <laughs> ending in... Ending in through wet. Well, <laughs> through wet to hard. <laughs> uh, it can go through all of those things. It's very versatile. Um, a Prince Albert would be somewhere between wet, soft, and hard. And so it's a kind of. It, it can exist in many states. It can, and it can be taken to all kinds of places. So, if you <laughs> but, butlins, butlins, and it. I mean, it can be taken <laughs> to the woods. In fact, if there are no people, <laughs> that's preferable. Um, and the, what defines it is you've mm. got it in its state of hard and like a column, but also the top of this object will have a shiny thing on top. And that's very decorative and pleasing. And that's uh, so it's beloved a, it's a by... kind of decoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a column. Mm-hmm. Um, who would get a Prince Albert? Uh, so, if we think about Jesus Christ, who, <laughs> like the Subway sandwich He's made artist, of bread, isn't he? He is made of... Um, and gave of his body to the masses. So, like someone who would get Five a Prince seconds. Albert, generous disposition uh, and fairly outgoing. Thank you, Shan. We really appreciate that. Um, Andy, would you like to sum up what's been said there? I'll try my best. Um, so, a Prince Albert is something which adorns a decoration which is placed on a Gordon Brown's leg but without the string. <laughs> it is an extant column. That's a penis. It is an extant <laughs> column uh, which both Beans and Browns may have. Uh, uh, and some people may choose to, like Jesus Christ who is made of bread, may choose to decorate the column with this sort of costume which can exist in many, many states from nothing to hard, to uh, including wet and soft, and that is basically the uh, totality of the whole thing, as far as I understand it. Thank you very much. We appreciate Seems about it. right. Yeah. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I know anyone who's got a Prince Albert. I was just going through my repository of friends and acquaintances. Possibly Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I've never seen one in the wild. Uh, so. Do you reckon anyone around this table has one? I mean, I'm trying to think what inspired the question. Is it oh. uh, is it personal trauma or yeah. is it wishful thinking? The two drivers of art. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Andy uh, have so much more to learn about people. Mm. Yeah, uh, you betcha. And we would like to know more about the things people do. Oh. Cool. Jaws. Yeah. In three minutes... Uh, can you explain to me what happy slapping is? Your yes. time starting now. We've talked about high drinks and low drinks. Mm. We've talked about evil. 
uh, we've talked about how... Did, did we talk much about evil? We, we touched on evil. I said that the, the women in Salem who were trying oh. to practice magic as a form of hijinks... Yes, we, we, were did, we didn't like people who send emails. ...were considered emails. evil by, by the people that send emails. Hmm. Now, uh, it will be very easy from what we've discussed so far to assume that people who like to do their emails are bad and that people who like to do hijinks are good and fun. But... Uh, I I would say that there are some forms of hijinks which which are bad, whether okay. you are an emailer or a magic person, whether you're a bean or a brown. Now, happy slapping is a kind of hijink mm. taken to the extreme where it becomes just sort of objectively bad by anybody's measure, what is, except the happy slapper themselves. What is objectively Sorry, that uh, means that anybody, a bean or a brown, a witch or an emailer, would agree on it. And I think most people, other than happy slappers themselves, would agree that happy slapping is bad. Happy slapping is when somebody, a bad person, we would say a hoodlum or a thug... These, those are new words for you, but that, they just mean... That means someone who happy slaps. So, yes, someone who happy slaps. Uh, they will go up to somebody, usually a little old person. Old is when someone has been around for so long that they have become less, uh, but, sort of lesser than they were. Been around, so, been around what? But just in the world, in the, so you two are brand new, so but somebody old... Their status changed. Their, their status might change, but so it's from how society from, views from, them. From, their, their, their physical strength has changed. But the, So physically, on the scale of nothing to hard, where's an old person? Softer than they were. Uh, uh, Softer than... Are they closer to soft than wet? They're not wet. A dead person would be more wet <laughs> after a long time because they would rot. But an old person is not rotting they are just old <laughs> so that makes them slightly more soft than they were so and that that they're soft which is like a dead person no 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 they're not like a dead person they are just softer they than are they softer. were and these hoodlums thugs bad people think it is funny mm -hmm. to hit them with force with their oh. bodies mm -hmm. and they would film it this is a huge huge thing but they would use things to keep a record of it, and then they would show that to everybody, and everyone would say, that's not okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jos. Thank you, Jos. You're welcome. So, in that time, you have told us that happy slapping yeah. is a bad hijink. Yes. An objectively bad hijink. Yeah, in, I mean, obviously happy slappers don't think it. They think it's good. But that's but the definition most of objectively people, bad. Yeah. yeah. Where... They use their bodies yes. <laughs> to hit old people. I think usually old. My understanding of happy slapping is that it's it targets the old. Who are not firm like people. No, no, no not, they are, they are people. Wet. They are people. They are sliding down the scale from hard to nothing and they are, <laughs> they are, at, they are at soft after which they will become wet and then nothing. And they record hitting them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, that's Thank okay. You. you also stated, I would like to pull this up, Please. that the old have become less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I meant by Thank that... Thank you. All of the information is useful. Thank you, Joseph. It's very useful information. We really are learning a great deal here. Mm. And we're very They've become grateful. less strong or Thank able you, to defend themselves. That's Thank why you, they do it, because Thank they think you, they're an easy Joss. target. I don't think Thank the old you, are less. Thank you, Thank you for the information. Greatly appreciated. Shan, please, 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 mm. please explain to me what going on a hen party is. You've got three minutes starting now. Okay, so we talked about witches and we talked about groups of women having fun. So uh, an activity that is chastised by the emailers. Hijinks. Hijinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hijinks. Um, a hen party is when uh, a woman, so um, a woman is like Mr. Bean. So when a woman is going to be joined legally with any variation of Gordon Brown, Mr. Bean, Tracy Emin, a whole no, no, a platter, no. Anyway, um, so um, one of the people in the group of like witches having hijinks mm. is going to have a large change, um, usually involving financial or property conjoinment with a different person. Is and this a change of... Um this change of state does it exist on the scale, same scale of nothing to hard yes um it goes from soft to hard um through and wet. through woo. no wets before soft wets before soft wet yeah. soft hard nothing wet soft hard, hard. It goes Is there another to... axis at play here? or uh... No, no, no. I think we're on the good, the good linear axis. It depends on the emotional trajectory of this conjoinment. Um, if it ends badly, then there's a lot of wet through the face, uh, through the eyes. And um, so to just kind of set her on her way with that, different, not always women. Uh, it could be a mix of Beans Browns, Tracy Emmons, uh, anyone. Mm -hmm. um, they gather and they have an uproarious night of hijinks and this will they look at a horse they oh they will look it straight in the eye my friend mm. they will take the horse gallivanting on, on a around bike ride. A town. yeah a bike ride uh jumping around <laughs> jump a lot of jumping around uh now we talked about the prince albert and um, the decorated mm. columns they will take models of these columns made of plastic plastic is like the hard invisible but a bit more visible and gordon less Brown's heavy legs yeah yeah yeah. A, a gordon brown mineral version of a leg uh but disposable because you shouldn't get rid of a leg it won't come back but a uh, they have a special a special disposable leg yeah they have special disposable legs on little sticks now a stick is like another little thinner leg to prop up the main leg. I know what a stick is because you can use them to stir things in Subway. Yes. And if Marinara you think about... sauce. Mm, uh, if you think about what you find in the Subway, like the the sandwiches, the sticks, the, the, the sauces... Thank you, Shen. Thank you, Shen. So... Thank you again very much. Uh, so as far as I understand it, a hen party is something which has gone on by a group of witches. Um, th those who are detested by the emailers 
Um, women, uh, who, who are the, the people who go on this, are like Bean, but um, this is to celebrate or um, commemorate in some way a forthcoming financial conjoinment. And Beans, Browns, and Emmons are able to go on this <laughs> event, and they are taken to see a horse. <laughs> and they're also given a lot of plastic Gordon Brown's legs <laughs> propped up by smaller columns, sticks. And that's that. Thank you. Abundant Both hijinks was uh, also featured, just um, if you're going on one. That's key. Yeah, okay. probably wouldn't just look at one horse. Yeah, yeah. More horses. You know, loads of hijinks mm. on okay. hens. Thank you. One area of experience um, myself and Andy are extremely keen to learn more about mm. um, is the world of humour. Humour. Ah. And the world of jokes. Jokes. Uh, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like you to explain to me in three minutes why the following joke is funny. Right. What's worse than finding a worm inside your apple? Finding half a worm. You've got three minutes starting there. Okay, so an apple is uh, like a Subway sandwich. It's something you would eat. Uh, you, you would put a Subway sandwich in your mouth and then uh, put it inside your body and derive <coughs> sort of pleasure from What eating. is pleasure? Pleasure is good hijinks fun seeing a horse that kind of thing so an apple is something else that you would eat that you would that or you put would, in your body yes uh, a worm is an animal like a platypus dog or horse but crucially small enough to fit inside an apple how big is an apple an apple is uh this Audio size medium uh, it's about the size of you could close your hand around it you could close your hand around it yeah but a worm is a thin strip of flesh that that could live inside the apple now apples are good to eat some animals are considered good to eat by some parts of society but worms generally are considered bad to eat horrible not nice yucky okay can you tell me um why some animals are considered good to eat and why some are considered bad to eat and I, I an example I, I can't i can't tell you why i i don't really know uh cloven cloven hooves i think is is part of it like we eat, <laughs> we eat cloven hooved ruminants i think could you explain I've read to me, that somewhere explain it's to like, me what all of those words are so we we eat the, the by and large the animals that we think are okay to eat are cows pigs chicken or fowl, which is birds, and these are all they're all types. Anim- they're all animals. types of animal that we have sort of brought and sheep. They're they're the main animals we've decided are okay to eat. And for whatever reason, most animals outside of that we've decided are not normal to eat. Worms we don't often eat. So if you were to find out, if you were to find half a worm in your apple. Mm. Well, if you were to find a worm in your apple, you would go, oh, yuck, I nearly ate a worm. Uh, but if you would, and, and that would be a, a, a horrible response. But if mm. you were to find half a worm, that would mean the other half went in with the apple, meaning you've not just nearly eaten a worm, you when, have eaten half a worm. Went in where? When you put the apple in your mouth, a little bit of the worm went in. 
as well because you bit it in half with your teeth. These are parts of your head that are hard. It's the hardest, once again gesturing at hardest his part of your head. Not your teeth. soft, not wet, hard. So that it's these bits here. You would use those to split the worm in two, leaving half the worm. And the sight of the half worm would make you realize that you have accidentally eaten half a worm, which would be so much worse than you, your Joseph. original assumption. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you did you get it? And that's funny. Well, because you assumed this thing would be bad, but then you found out that it could be so much worse. So it can be funny when things are worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can, yeah. That's, that's good to know, Jules. Thank you. It's all right. The reason why what's worse than finding a worm inside your apple, finding half a worm, is funny. Uh, it's because finding half a worm is worse than finding a worm. Yeah. Because we've decided not to eat worms, and it would not, be not more to eat, pleasing like, we don't. to find either to find something <laughs> cloven-hoofed yeah, so inside It would be nicer to find a pig in your apple. Yeah, pig or, or, sheep. or half a pig. Yeah. If you yeah. found half a pig in your apple, you go, great, I ate half a pig. Also, you had an apple the size of a pig. Yeah, it would be a great day. Yeah. But half a worm, you go, oh, I've eaten half a worm. That's that's funny. I then you'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Yes, thank you, Josh. Just thinking okay. about how funny yeah, it would be. It's so. a good joke, isn't it? Shan. Hey. Please tell me why the following joke is funny. Yo mama so stupid. When they said it was chilly outside, she grabbed a bowl. You've got three minutes starting now. Mm. So what this pertains to, what this makes reference to is complex relationships that every person is assumed to have with the figure of mother. Now, mother as a construct, like Tracy Emin's bed, is... Um, a person who is expected to behave in certain ways, and when they don't, they encounter severe social repercussions. So people are bound up with very complex feelings about this mother person, and the nub, nub that we talked about as the sort of center of emails to high to low jinx axis, the very center, the nub of this joke is activating people's strong emotions that they will have about this mother figure in their life. So this bowl um, that the mother person we're being referred to is carrying... Who is the mother? The mother is a figure who... From like, between... like, like the figures carried on a Hindu. No, no, the anti that. Um, the opposite. The opposite of a of, model of Gordon Brown's legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The photo negative of Gordon Brown's legs. What's so, a photo? Ah, a photo is. Um, so we talked about art. We talked about color. We talked about mm. um, a, a sort of a book. So things that mean other things. A photo is a very accurate thing that means a different thing. So the negative photo would be the most accurate not that. 
So a mother is the most accurate, not Gordon Brown. And that's funny because people get real weird if their not Gordon Brown is talked about in a way that is demeaning. So a mother mm. is not a Gordon Brown. Mm. Although. But Gordon- is so close to being Gordon Brown that people get very emotional about it. Yes, and people's emotions about it are so strong that if you said that this person had erred in a way, uh, that would be humorous because taking this person down a peg is personally insulting to them. So in this joke, the mother has misunderstood uh, temperature outside. This this person has misunderstood uh, atmosphere. What is temperature? Temperature, like the scale of low to high jinx, is a fluctuation in reality. Um, and so where does temperature belong on um, nothing uh, to uh, wet to soft to hard? So a hard temperature would be a very bad situation. That would be taking you very close to grave, I think. Um, a, a good temperature would be a wet temperature. Oh, have I run out of time? Yeah, but yeah. I'm willing to let you. Okay, so let's just bring it back to if... the shit. Yeah, so the hard temperature. Let's just stick with that for a while. So a temperature that's gone horribly wrong in this situation is something that a mother person has misunderstood terribly, and that's very embarrassing for the person who has the relation to them of mother. So photo opposite of Gordon Brown. I was just trying to get an idea of the temperature. Oh, sorry. Oh, I went on a tangent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had hard temperature is grave. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so what I'm given to understand from uh, from from your explanation, thank you so much once again for that, uh, is that um, the joke uh, about the the mama being so stupid that she uh, hears that it's chilly outside and <laughs> takes a bowl with her outside is that this boils down to um, a complex relationships which people have with the figure of mother and there are a lot of expectations bound up in that Uh, the joke activates a a sense within people that mother is the opposite (laughs) to Gordon Brown's legs a photo is a very accurate not nothing (laughs) not a thing Um, and temperature a photo is like when a happy slapper hits an old person. Oh. They take a record of it. That's oh. a that's a Why didn't I hear that? that? I was just trying to help help yeah. Andy get there. Yeah, 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 How yeah. does that make people feel about Gordon Brown? I don't know. <laughs> and a high temperature is like grave. Thank you both for those explanations. Andy, um who do you think has provided the most satisfactory explanations? It's very tough. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I think that that it probably I've gained the most broad understanding of things in the world from Shan's explanations. Thank you. Uh, oh. Uh, I well, I'm as I'm sure you are. I'm very appreciative of Jos's explanations. Um, I also agree that Shan's explanations were the most satisfactory. Oh, thanks, Jaws. Well done, Shan. Thanks, really Jaws. good explanations. Yeah, you too, mate. I feel like I understand some stuff better as well. Thanks, man. Me too. So it's been uh, it's been nice. Yeah, I've really grown through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I have. Mm. Ooh, oh my god! To nothing. Oh. oh no.
Oh, ah. and, and Andy. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's not gone well. That's a shame. Yeah. Guys? Oh, should we show ourselves out, Shan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to get a... I mean, I might just have a Haribo on the way out. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's take all their stuff. Yeah. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You have been listening to Born Yesterday, featuring Andy Barr and me, Alexander Bennett. I created the show, and Steve Pretty composed the music. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell people about it. Follow us on social media, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>